0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
1: Tom Brady got another weapon. What do the Mets beating the Yankees in July mean for October? And the best landing spot for Juan Soto is in St. Louis. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports.
2: Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Just what Tom Brady needs more guys to throw the ball to. Julio Jones is headed to the Bay to play with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, James Yarko and James. Julio joins a receiving group that already has Mike Evans. We found out Chris Godwin is. Good to go for training camp, although they're going to take it slow with him in Tampa. And the Buccaneers brought in Russell Gage this off-season. So how much does Julio move the needle for the Buccaneers?
2: I think what Julio does for the Buccaneers now is he's a reliable set of hands, not named Mike Evans, not named Mike God or Chris Godwin, not named Russell Gage. They lost Gronk. Think of how many third downs, how many red zone targets you are losing that trusted set of hands. You bring in Kyle Rudolph, who's been one of the best tight ends uh, again, you know, four quarterbacks over the course of the last you know 10 years in terms of his catch rate and, and things like that. But this is a guy that when you need to move the sticks, when you need eight yards, when you need a touchdown and you have. Mike Evans covered by the number one corner. You have Chris Godwin covered by the number two corner. It's mismatches all day long. So I don't expect Antonio Brown levels of snap counts or targets, you know, the way we saw with him two years ago, but I do expect that when he's on the field, he's going to be utilized and and it's going to be a mismatch every time. Are they going to, you know, what are, basically what are defenses going to do, right? You have to cover Mike, you have to cover Chris, you have to cover, gauge. So now you're you're looking at a number 4 corner, a, a safety guarding Julio Jones. Take that matchup all day long.
1: This is interesting uh, particularly because of of the team that I cover, the Green Bay Packers, according to Adam Schefter, they were one of the other teams that had expressed some interest over the course of the process in Julio. And from my perspective, I'm going he actually makes so much more sense in Tampa Bay than in Green Bay because in Green Bay he'd probably be expected to have a more featured role, something that at this point in his career maybe is not his best chance. Do you think it's fair to say that in Tampa, where teams have to deal with Mike Evans and they have to deal with Chris Godwin and they have to deal with Kyle Rudolph, he is actually set up for more success than he would be on most teams precisely because he does not have to carry the load and face number one or even number two cornerbacks every rep.
2: That's exactly what it is. I mean, Julio, he's he's 33 years old. Over the course of the last two years, he's only played in seven games in each season. So injuries have become something that, that he's had to deal with. So now he doesn't have to be the guy. And he doesn't even have to be Robin to a Batman somewhere. He gets to just fit in. He'll get his targets and he'll be able to make plays because he's not relied upon to be the Julio that we saw in 2016, 2017, even as recent as 2019 when he was on pace for another 1,000-plus-yard season before the injury that he had to deal with. So the role that he has to take on will actually probably allow him to play deeper into the season, probably won't run into as big of an injury risk. You're not going to run into a breakdown because they're almost going to be able to put him on a pitch count. You have to utilize him a little bit more probably early in the year when Godwin is still working his way back to 100%. Then he only needs seven, eight snaps a game up until you get to late December, early January. Now all of a sudden you have another weapon for the playoffs. He's a little bit more fresh than guys like Evans Godwin and you have yourself massive, massive injury insurance if you see the same thing that happened last year when Godwin was, goes down, Antonio Brown goes crazy, you know, all of those things, and Mike Evans had all but nine wide receiver targets in the playoffs, it, it was a mess. So it's it's a smart move for the Buccaneers, it's a smart move for Julio Jones, and it gives him an opportunity to potentially win a championship that, ironically, Tom Brady took right out from under.
1: Stay up to date on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today. And of course, Locked On Bucks on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what can we learn about the playoff aspirations of the Mets in July after a win over the Yankees? If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious. Indulgent. Cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it. Again, I had one today and oh my goodness, they are so good. Cookie dough chunk puff. They're light, chewy, doesn't feel. Heavy, real cookie dough chunks and of course covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's actually good for you. Just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein. Come on. You are going to love these things, and they're not going to last long. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson plans to retire after five NFL seasons because of a neck injury, a source confirmed to ESPN. The team released Carson with a failed physical designation on Tuesday. It's a big disappointment. We took it as long as we possibly could with him. He saw a number of specialists, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to pass our physical. That's Seahawks GM John Schneider. Back in December, Carson underwent what was deemed a fusion surgery, and many in Seattle feared he would not pass a physical. The team has been preparing to proceed without him, re-signing Rashad Penny in March before drafting Kenneth Walker III in the second round of April's draft. Releasing him with that failed physical designation also allows Carson to to recoup some of the money he's losing with insurance the name Darius Leonard has become synonymous with defensive playmaking in the NFL but the Indianapolis Colts all-pro linebacker no longer wants to be referred to by that name when Leonard reported to training camp Tuesday he asked reporters to call him Shaquille which is his middle name and the name most people in his life used to refer to him I went by Shaquille my whole life. My mom called me Shaquille. My family called me Shaquille. My friends and my family call me Shaquille. I only went by Darius in school or if I was in trouble. He went on to say he figured rookies shouldn't be correcting people on their names. So he stuck with Darius for a while. Come on, man. You've been in the league long enough. Say something. I feel bad that we did this so long for him. Iowa's Kirk Varence, the nation's longest tenured FBS head coach, said Tuesday at Big Ten Media Day that he's as concerned as he's ever been about the path of college football. I think we're in a really precarious place, Varence said. He's entering his 24th season as Iowa's head coach. There's just a lot of vagueness, a lot of uncertainty. Varence, who turned 67 on August 1st, said college football desperately needs one stabilizing voice to oversee the sport. He also said he doesn't believe anyone can adequately explain NIL and that some teams are really good at exploiting an undefined system right now. I'm sorry, Kirk, it sounds like you don't think you're very good at exploiting it right now. That's just what I hear. It sounds like sour grapes to me. I told them I've got a birthday coming up here real quick and I don't have time to have a bad time. That's Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones at his opening news conference at training camp on Tuesday. It ain't on my schedule. Jones, who turns 80 in October, is attempting to convey a sense of urgency to do something the Cowboys haven't done in 26 years, make it to the Super Bowl. When asked if that meant Super Bowl or bust this year, Jones wouldn't quite commit to that idea. Well, I need to win it. He said, I need to win it, but I'll be candid with you. There's degrees. We need to be viable in the playoffs for it to be a successful season. Mike McCarthy, you're up the Baltimore Orioles beat Shane McClanahan and the Tampa Bay Rays and are now tied with the Boston Red Sox for fourth in the AL East. Pouring out of Oriole Park with the rest of the fans. Orioles five, Rays three is the O's take game two. Connor Newcomb here, host of Locked on Orioles. Ramon Urias does it again with a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth inning to put the O's on top, they add another run. Hey, I figured in this series if the O's lost one game, it would probably be the game where Shane McClanahan, the guy who's gonna win the Cy Young, was facing off with Spencer Watkins. But the Orioles still win that game. Ramon plays hero, the bullpen was great. Joey Crable, two and third scoreless out of the pen. And Jorge Lopez locks it down for the W. O's back over 500 and about to be in fourth place out of the basement in the AL East. I'll recap it all coming up on Wednesday's episode of the Locked On Orioles
3: podcast.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Aaron Judge got the party started last night in the Subway Series with the first of two home runs for the white-hot New York Yankees. But then it was the Mets responding with four runs of their own and the first in a 6-3 win over their crosstown rivals. Joining me now from Locked On Mets, Ryan Finkelstein And Ryan, as the the Dodgers go meteoric here in the second half, how big is a win, not just in this game, but in this series potentially for the Mets as they are trying to make a a
0: pennant push? I think you even just go back to coming out of this, this all-star break. The Mets dropped the first two games. It's kind of a lot of panic. Looks like they're about to get swept by the Padres, another potential playoff team. Have a huge win on Sunday and then when Starling Marta hits that home run to answer those two home runs the Yankees hit, it just felt like, all right, there's a game here, and the Mets just rally right back. Taiwan Walker able to kind of settle down after that first inning. That's a huge win, and what makes it even bigger is it's Domingo Hermann versus Max Scherzer in game two. So you feel like the Mets got an edge here and a chance to sweep the Crosstown rival.
1: You mentioned the pitching matchup. We can talk about the starters in a second, but I want to ask you about Edwin Diaz because this guy is... Absolutely unbelievable. Um, an ERA well under two right now, a, a whip under one. This is a, a team that when they have been in postseason races in the past, they've had guys like K-Rod who can close the door. It's also a franchise that has a history of blowing games late. So I'm sorry to bring that up, but that's just the reality. I know you know that. So w- what is, what is um, the difference when you have someone like this who you feel confident closing the door at the end of these games.
0: It's crazy because in that ninth inning, if you're a Mets fan that's watched for 26 years like I have, and you see Edwin Diaz spikes a ball where it could be at least a one out, if not a double play ball, you usually would panic. But with Edwin Diaz in the mound right now, I was calm. And you coming into this game, he had been striking out 51% of the batters he faces. I mean, that's insane. More than half, this guy is striking them out. He's got the nastiest slider you'll ever see. Um, and what he's done this year is he gets ahead and he gets that first strike. And then he's just going to throw that slider outside of the zone and you're going to get yourself out. It, it's been incredible to watch. And lately it, it's been untouchable for a month now, at least
1: you mentioned Max Scherzer. And when you, when you pair someone like that, who can be a frontline a one starter, we know you need pitching in the postseason to win these games. And, and, Look, the Mets and the Yankees are not going to face each other in the postseason unless we get a Subway World Series. But this is a contrast of styles, right? You have the, the Yankees who can absolutely mash. Now we know their pitching is still really good. But is there anything that you're taking away from a game like this or if the series progresses like this where you say, okay, I think the Mets have the arms in the postseason where this is, this is a really good tensile test for them?
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely something I think we've seen throughout the year. The Mets starting pitching has just been excellent. I think right now at the deadline, they're focusing on trying to improve that lineup and maybe improve the bullpen a little bit to get another arm that can complement an Edwin Diaz. But the starting pitching is the difference. And I think this series is important, but look ahead a little bit. The Mets are going to play the Braves like 9 out of 15 games in, in the middle of August, the beginning to the middle of August. And I, I think the edge that they'll have going head to head is they have these starters One through five, everyone is a quality arm. Really, they can go one through six when DeGrom comes back. That's the one thing they have that I think most teams in baseballs don't right now.
1: If you look at the big picture, I mentioned the Dodgers at at the top of this. What do you think the biggest difference is between the Dodgers and the Mets right now?
0: I think the Dodgers are just a little bit deeper. And it comes down to the lineup. It comes to the farm system. It comes to the fact that I look at them at the deadline. And last year, they got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And I'm wondering what they're going to do this year. I look at the National League right now, and I think the Dodgers are the one-tier-one team. I think the Braves and the Mets are right behind them as the second and third-best teams in the National League.
1: Stay up to date on the New York Mets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the New York Mets podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Which NFL stars move the betting lines the most? Locked On has the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online, and it's all on Locked On NFL. Check out Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Coming up, why Juan Soto would look good hitting dingers under the gateway arch. And here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The favorite to land Juan Soto this trade deadline begin with the San Diego Padres. BetOnline has them 2-1 to one to land the home run derby champ. The Dodgers are second on the list at plus 325. And the Cardinals, we'll talk about in a second, our third most likely to land him at plus 350. Bet online has the next three teams like this the Mets at 5 to 1, the Yankees plus 650, Seattle Mariners at plus 750. Bet online where the game starts. After turning down a massive contract extension offer from the Washington Nationals, signs point to Juan Soto playing elsewhere on August 3rd. Because of that, nearly every team is called Washington, but only a few teams actually make sense. Sully covers the goings-on of Major League Baseball every day on Locked On MLB, and he believes Soto is best served as a St. Louis Cardinal. He explains.
3: I keep thinking about the Cardinals. The Cardinals have piles and piles and piles of talent in their farm system. The Cardinals, who probably could use a starting pitcher, but imagine if you look up and they add Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Juan Soto. They have players, they have a bunch of players who are ready for the major leagues now and on the way up. And for Cardinals and their fans winning a title and having, you know, again, even if they don't sign Soto to the long term, you can say at least we get three summers with them, three shots at it. And one thing we've learned is players love playing in St. Louis. So you can do the whole, hey, come here. Test us out. Tell us what you think. Look, it there's a distinct possibility, some team I'm not even thinking about, like the Texas Rangers is going to swoop up and do this, or the Baltimore Orioles. But there's something about St. Louis. There's something about that franchise. There's something about that organization. And their never ending pipeline. You ever of players, you ever see like those. Those shots of like you know, the Revolutionary War or the Napoleonic Wars where it's just line after line of soldiers marching and you fire the, they would fire their muskets at the soldiers. One would fall and another would run right up to take their place. That's the St. Louis Cardinals farm system.
1: Listen, as a Brewers fan, I hate this idea. As a sports fan, I love this idea. Because a player like Juan Soto, who is... An unbelievable talent. Deserves to be on a team in contention so he can get hits in big spots. And he deserves to be on a team that loves baseball. That supports him. And look, putting my Milwaukee and my Brewers biases aside, for him to go to a place that would support him and love him like that, that would be a great thing for him. And unfortunately, a great thing for baseball, And finally, Joe Burrow will undergo surgery. Those four words chilled the city of Cincinnati to the bone on Tuesday until they saw the next four words to remove his appendix. The Bengals fancied themselves playoff contenders as long as Burrow is under center. So any mention of him being under the knife is going to cause a stir around Paul Brown's stadium. The good news is he won't even be under the knife. He'll be under the laparoscope and he should be back in time to not play in the first preseason game anyway. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make that your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will we see any deals as the Major League Baseball trade deadline nears? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.